Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast. My name is James H. Williams, editor, reporter for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. I'm joined here by my co-host, Josh Woods, former UCLA linebacker. Josh, what's good, man? You know, season grind, ready to see some uh, UCLA football in about a month. I think we're a month away about. Yeah, people are talking about like four weeks, three weeks away, more or less. And so it's that time. It's that time for sure. It's that time. It doesn't feel like that time, at least to me. I think maybe just because in past seasons, I was like either there, I was already in the grind of it, or I, I don't know. It feels a little different this year. I think just because I know maybe I'm not going to be day to day having to write about it as much as I have in the past. Obviously, we're still going to have all eyes on UCLA. Um, throughout the season and obviously here on the podcast. But um, one thing I'm curious about, and we'll, we'll talk about media day as well, because I was out at media day and that was one of my first real wake up calls of like uh, the season's about to start. Um, and for a lot of people, um, it is the the start of the college football season is when you, when these media days start popping up or um, you know, you start rolling into camp and, and that buzz and that energy starts kind of coming alive for everybody. Um, but for you as someone who played at UCLA, what is the vibe for you? I mean, obviously, maybe you remember, maybe you don't. But what was the vibe for you like at this point, knowing you're a few days away from camp? You're trying to get your body right, your mental. Like, where where are you at at this point in, in um, as you get ready for camp? I mean, the work's already been put in. I mean, that starts in the winter workout. So um, it's it's too late. You know, if you want to make any major changes, it's too late. Okay. The work's already put in. The time's already been taken i mean you know the last few days feel a little tune-ups you know might go get massages and you know last last minute uh if you're at home last minute goodbyes to your family because you know you're not mm-hmm. probably gonna be able to spend much time <laughs> with them until a- after the season especially you know all that out-of-state guys so mm-hmm. um yeah that's the, the the last few days are just yeah the, the definitely tune-ups that you can do and are you let me see how can i I'm trying to think like where are you like just trying to recover, rest your body as well? Are you still putting in heavy in workouts? Like, are you guys already getting the playbook in? Like, have you guys already, would you have already started looking at the first game? Or I know Chip, Chip, Chip would say like, you don't, yeah. You, so going into camp, you, you want to be fresh. Cause they say uh, how you feel the first day is the best day you're going to feel for the rest of the year. <laughs> That's right. Like you're never, you're never going to feel that good again. <laughs> right. So, so for the, for the, you know, you're trying to be as fresh as possible. I guess recovering from um, summer workouts. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, the time's already gone. So it's not like you're going to get any stronger uh, mm-hmm. doing one more extra lift or right. you know something like that. And you're going to have tune up lifts throughout camp. But um, back to like the playbook stuff, um football kind of never ends so yeah after spring ball you might take some time off but i guarantee you like a guy like myself who i love the game study the game i remember every summer meeting with my coaches as much as possible to try to get ahead um of the playbook and just understand things things more so when i'm going into camp going into season i'm seeing things at a higher level so for the real students of the game the football and the playbook part that that never ends 
Um, and then uh, looking ahead for an opponent, you're not preparing for an opponent until probably um, two weeks or a week and yeah. a half before the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're just – the coaches are trying to see um, the defense for as it is. Like you're competing against yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, a lot of, you know, scrimmages and team periods and stuff like that. That's what you're looking at every day. That's what you're watching every day. You don't start yeah, looking at opponents until it's really time for the season. So you're kind of game planning against each other. And just, I think the defense, like from defensive corner standpoint, they're trying to see how um, all the pieces are going to fit and mm-hmm. um, what schemes are going to work best for with the guys that you have. So that's kind of the the mindset of camp. And And you're probably getting a few position battles here too at this point, right? probably still working through some of that yeah Mm -hmm. every day every day you got to know you're being evaluated i mean like i said you're being evaluated through your workouts but all that workout stuff doesn't matter if it doesn't translate onto the field Mm because you know a guy can be a the strongest guy in the weight room (laughs) right but if he can't win his one-on-one battle what's the point of being that strong Mm -hmm. so every day is going to be a battle because i mean outside of you know how they say it, like outside of Dorian, probably mm-hmm. everybody else's position is, you know, up. Nothing's and locked, yeah. I've seen guys go from the fours to the ones. I've like I remember one of the I remember one of the stories I heard was about um Anthony Barr's transition from uh like fullback tight end to linebacker. Mm-hmm. And I'm I heard he like like he wasn't really getting any burn on offense and uh, they, they, he made that move. And I think he went from the fours to four string and like spring ball to like ones by, uh, the first, the first game of the season with a broken hand. Damn. So that just, I mean, that shows guy when guys put in work and, you know, show what they they're capable of nothing set in stone that day one of camp, which you're going to see day one of the, of the first, you know, first game. And I think another thing too, so, and like you even kind of mentioned too, when you first, um, or like when you're at this point and maybe throughout the summer, you're working with the coaches. I don't know, maybe this, I think maybe happened a little bit after you left, but I think they've even changed it where there's maybe not as much interaction with the coaches or that's very limited. Um, I think throughout the summer maybe, but I think this is regardless of whether you're still working with coaches or not, you're not still working maybe as a full team or as your full 11 whether your first team or whatever but you really I would say and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong the summer is really where you have to take it upon yourself and apply yourself to learn and stay mm-hmm. sharp and stay strong and and do what you need to do because you know dang well the coaches the first thing they're going to look at especially this first day back in camp is they're going to see who worked out and who didn't who did what they needed to do and who didn't who who studied who didn't like all that stuff kind of helps sort out like we mentioned with some of these position battles right who's up to speed who knows who did their homework who went or who went the extra mile um to do what they needed to do am i wrong on any of that or or is is that kind of on point with with where they're at um 100 because um like you said i think it's because uh NCAA rules yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that we're not we were not allowed to there's like so train. many hours yeah yeah and you're not allowed to be with coaches mm-hmm. um i think with a ball on the field yeah. and then, mm-hmm. yeah you're not allowed to have any workouts or anything like that with your position coaches or coordinators and stuff like that mm-hmm. um chip does a really good job of having all his coaches watch workouts 
for the most part, every coach, every position coach or the GAs are out there um, at every workout. I don't know what times they had, but I remember we had like our 8 a.m. and our 10 a.m. and coaches were at both. So they are seeing that whole process of guys, they they know who's working, who's not. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as, like you said, like it's upon yourself, it's completely uh, voluntary of seeking out your coach to to learn something or right. um seeking even even younger guys seeking out older guys mm-hmm. um i remember like my my last few years i was hosting a lot of meetings um oh, myself really? where i'm bringing are you the, are you calling these meetings are you saying hey linebackers or yeah younger I, guys? i'm saying so after the workouts or whatever i would say me and chris barnes will be in this room at this time mm-hmm. come if you want to we're gonna go over the first installs of the first few weeks and it's completely up to the uh you know everybody yeah everybody, young guy right. young guys and older guys who wants mm-hmm. to show up and who feels like they need to be there and who feels that it's that important and at the first few you're gonna get everybody but <laughs> yeah, right. you know as it goes on some guys might feel like oh i know all that which is crazy and not show up when it's like i'm going i'm going out of my way mm-hmm. to try to help y'all because at the end of the day I feel as a, as a, you know, as an older player, I know what I was doing, Yeah. but it's like, you know, I'm trying to help bring along other guys because mm-hmm. I know it's a long season and you never know who you're going to need, but you're at the end of the day, you're going to, everybody's going to be needed for whatever role it is, whether that's right. um, having to play in the games or to be a scout look guy, because yeah. that's just, that's just important at the end of the day of preparing the team to win. And, um, I think that's a good point too, because it, it, it kind of, I mean, you would still think, you know, every it's a team sport, everyone's involved, but at the same time, it shows you who's serious about it, who's serious about their business. Right. And who, who has the right intentions and, and it's going to show like, you're going to say, well, yeah, we know you don't know this play because you didn't come to the dang meetings. I but agree, I, yeah. But also too, I think, there's a, and it, I would like to think it benefits someone like you too, right? Because you get to explain and teach them, but maybe there's something in, in the questions they ask or the things that they say that maybe you can learn something from them, or maybe it's something that you're like, well, neither one of us know. And then you guys yeah. can go to the coach about it. Um, you, can, you guys can kind of walk through some of that stuff. It gives you things um, that you guys can learn. And it, it also kind of has that, um, you know, you, it's just like you're the first day of school or whatever, just like any other class, right? It's like people are nervous to ask the question or questions or or whatever because the coach is there. You he's gonna think you don't know what you're, you're you oh how do you not know that already whatever. But it's like it's almost good to kind of ask those questions. But sometimes maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable to ask some of those questions to your peers while your coach isn't there, and you can kind of flush some of that stuff out before. Um, you know, you get to the coaches, um, the meeting with the coaches, and and then you're starting to ask those questions. You're like, you know, some of the coaches, are like, you could ask Josh or Chris that, like, all summer, what were y'all doing? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and these are places where you, where you gain trust, mm-hmm. and I feel like one of the big parts of my development, how I was trusted, um, I think it was after my freshman year, I was a few times a week, every day, going up to the, uh, the offices and watching film with linebacker coach Scott White. Mm-hmm. um Robert Thomas and Jan Brown and we would spend a lot of time watching tape getting on the board drawing everything up to where I was trusted to oh Josh spent all this time in the summer you know he can do x mm-hmm. y and z mm-hmm. so and what yeah when you see young guys doing that as an older guy you want to invest more time into them and right. give them all that 
all the things that you've learned because you know that they are the future. And like I said, mm-hmm. probably going to need them to help you. Yeah. So I hope that's what's been going on this summer. I hope guys like <laughs> Bo Calvert has been, you know, mm-hmm. bringing along the transfers and some of the younger guys because it's that time now. And it's like, you are going to grow and learn a lot during camp because there's things that you need to, you know, you, you have to learn with reps, but yep. there could have been a lot of strides made before. Um, and I, I think uh, one of the, one of the things for me that I've noticed just just through social media is is obviously what Dorian does. Um, he's been I think he did a, at least an he did an NIL event. It wasn't like I think this past week. It was like over the last couple of weeks or months. But like I think you know different teammates and stuff were there. I think we talked about it before. I think it was the basketball event. But he's also been doing some camps. Like I think there was one in Arizona. And part of me is like he's from Nevada. He plays in California, so I'm not sure where that the Arizona thing or, or why the camp was there. But I think like some of the newer guys, like I think Charbonnet was there from what I saw in some of the pictures. I think like Bobo was out there and like Titus, the other new receiver, um, <laughs> like they're like they're bonding. Like the point I'm making is they're bonding. He's getting guys that are just coming in and they're like part of they're they're working out. They're they're throwing the ball. They're building that chemistry. Right. And. I think that stuff will be important because you don't want to just wait until you get to the mandatory camp or the camps you need to be at to be like, Oh, well, Hey, here's my receiver for the first time uh, that just transferred in. Hey, how are you doing? Right? Like you, that connection already has to be established to some degree. If you want to have any sort of success um, kind of going forward this season. Right. And, and I guarantee, I think this is what I'm most excited about Dorian this year, because from mm-hmm. a, a big brother type of perspective i feel like this might be the most dialed in he is i haven't seen that many uh workout videos being posted and i think that's on purpose and he's kind of done some of that like in the past right i think i think he's locked Mm -hmm. in and he he's like y'all don't need to see my work anymore like Mm -hmm. you're just you're just gonna see it all season and i think he's yeah he's in that zone of like it's you know, I'm older now. I'm mature now. It's 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 my time. So mm-hmm. I guarantee he was getting throwing sessions in with uh the new guys and I mean and the other guys too, like Kaz and all of them as well. Mm-hmm. I guarantee he was getting throwing sessions in with them probably multiple times a day. Knowing him, he's probably been at the facility every day. Yep. Um. So. Uh, yeah. It should be fun. It should be fun. Let's go. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a great a great season for the guys and. And here, so uh, jumping into some of the media day stuff a little bit, and, and we'll maybe talk about some of the um, preseason awards that, you know, I, we've talked about some in the past, but like those were just like from the magazines and different things. These are like the actual award watch list and stuff. But um, I'm going to, I'll name off some of the preseason all Pac 12. Uh, yeah, the preseason all Pac 12 team uh, that came out a little bit before media day. And, and these are all voted by the media, including myself. I voted. Uh, so if you all want to be mad at me about some of this, you can. But and I'll, maybe I'll dig up some of mine next week, some of my uh, some of my picks. But you expose um, yourself. I, I do. I don't care. I mean, it, it, it it's kind of hard because you have to, like, know the whole conference. And I'm like, it's kind of it's kind of weird and kind of interesting. And, and I'll read off the list of the UCLA guys that were on the all Pac-12 team. And like, you know, one, I have to try and know who transferred into Arizona State and is that guy going to be somebody or like, 
you know, what are the expectations for him? So that just puts a little bit of it in perspective. But um, just reading off the list, the only UCLA Bruin on the first team for all Pac-12 offense, and he, he was the only UCLA guy for offense or defense on first team, obviously, Zach Charbonnet. Um, first team running back. Um, I think they do two for first team, two for second team offense. But Zach Charbonnet, obviously a lock at first team. And again, the only first team representative uh, for UCLA. Um, second team had Jake Bobo, the receiver, who transferred in from Duke. And Darius Muasau. I'm still trying to get that last name figured out. Um, who's a second team linebacker. And he was from Hawaii. So now... The reason, like I mentioned, these are two guys who transferred in, did not play in the Pac-12 conference. And it's like, how do we really know for sure that these guys are going to be among um, the all Pac-12 team? And and I guess I'm kind of curious, too. I'll read the honorable mentions here in a minute. But are you guys you guys buy into any of this? It's, it's like hard. Like, this is just me voting, right? That's like the just the media voting. Like, so like, what do we know? But like, is there any sort of pressure? Do you guys read into any of this stuff as it kind of comes out? That's cool, but I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we know who's a guy, who's not a guy exactly. from our team and every other team. And the media or news outlets can say whatever they want, but at the end of the day, you know as a player, uh, like that guy's going to have to line up against you or like that yeah. guy's going to have to see, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, Because it will be completely he, different. Like by the end of the season, uh, if you if you line them up, the first, the, the preseason and the, and the postseason or after the season kind of team, a lot of times it looks a lot like there's there's a handful of differences on it, right? And, and even so, watching because there's times where guys are getting glorified and and getting love, but we'll like about when that, you really yeah. know X's mm-hmm. and O's. Yeah, you know, there's guys that could be there's you have splash guys, the guys that don't do their job probably about seventy percent of the time, mm-hmm. but thirty percent they'll make probably like four or five plays in a whole game, and it looks like they're balling, but like X's <laughs> right. and O's. They might yeah. have been in the wrong spot the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like other, other guys are putting in more work just to, you know, balance out their mistakes and things like that. Right. So there's a lot of things like that where it's like somebody could be getting hype that we know isn't that good. And then there's other guys that like will never get credit, even though that like mm-hmm. they sacrifice and put in the work for other people. But it's like all that type of stuff. It's politics. We like, you know, it's politics and, and, and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, like I said, you know who you have to line up against yep. and you know how you know how the coaches are talking on people you know how the game plan is mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff so i guess it really doesn't it really doesn't matter it's just icing on the cake at the end of the year preseason it, doesn't matter but at the end of the year <laughs> if you if you do have the accolade oh that's mm-hmm. that's cool you know what I'm then, saying? It, but, then it's good you could put it on the resume and, and whatnot i i think so too as a media as a member of the media and like voting for these i'm like I feel like this is just for because it's weird because we vote and then we write about it or mention it like this is what the media. And I'm like, I voted on it. I shouldn't really be writing about what I like in a way like it doesn't matter. But one of one of like for like a key example, like one of the biggest things of like I know the media does like sometimes not saying you, Mm -hmm, but I know mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. some media that doesn't understand X's and O's or scheme or anything like that. I remember they used to bash Anthony Barr for his uh for his eyes and how he played the zone read but there's literally a call in the so you zone read mm-hmm. you know the quarterback's kind of reading 
has somebody he's reading who's usually that like the outside linebacker or DN if he's going to hand the ball off or not there's a call where the DN or outside linebacker just chases and goes straight down to dive and mm-hmm. the one of the inside backers loops around and will play the quarterback mm-hmm. but the media kept thinking that he just was not disciplined and not keeping gotcha. contained but he's doing his job yeah and he was so athletic and a freak that he could play that sometimes he was playing the dive and the quarterback which mm-hmm. wasn't his job he was just going beyond that to make yeah, the plays. capability to do it yeah yeah so so the, mm-hmm. they're thinking like oh he can do this but he's not disciplined enough like he doesn't do this every time of course he's not because his, <laughs> he's being coached to do a certain job so it's like a lot of things like that of scheme mm-hmm. of like it might it might look weird to you but a lot of times it's for it's, a it's reason drawn up yeah yeah. We you might want the quarterback to pull the ball every time mm-hmm. so we can have a one-on-one with the inside backer to get him and we're sh- and you're shutting uh, that's a I mean that's a uh like a, a zone killer an inside zone killer having the end chase you just better have a quarterback's athletic to do that and, and I think that's an interesting point and something that you brought up like so for me personally I'll be the first person to tell you that I am not an X and O's person and that's why I'm glad I get to do this podcast with you uh, for example because like if if I was going to be an X and O's guy, then, you know, I would have the playbook, but I don't have the playbook. I, and there's no way I'm going to know, exactly. like you said, you know, it, wh- what he's doing. How, who am I to say he was right or wrong on what he did on that play? Like, because I don't know what you drew up. I don't know what you guys talked about. And me trying to like, trying to figure out Chip Kelly's playbook without no, without having it in front of me, like, no not, chance. Yeah. like I'm not going to. So I don't even pretend like, I mean, I'll, you know, I, I can tell you if someone's in shotgun formation, yada, yada. I know all that, that kind of yeah, stuff, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to say, Oh yeah, he totally meant to, you know, do this or that. Like, you know, it, it only takes one mistake or they can disrupt something on, on um, the, the opponent can do something to disrupt whatever play because it's all a chess match. Right. And it's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'll try my best to understand things and figure it out. But like, again, that's why even with the media, with this media voting poll thing uh, or with the preseason team, like it's all projection. Right. And it's just mm-hmm. based on who everyone thinks is going to do well. And and that leads me into my next point, actually. Um, and I every year and and again, I don't remember everybody I, like I voted for because a lot of it's like, yes, I know all the UCLA guys, but that doesn't mean like I'm going to vote for all of them and, and, and say, because I have to, again, project how things are going to play out, who the best players, best players are um, for each team and take all these things in consideration, how they did last year and whatnot. But Dorian was not on the first team again. He wasn't even on the second team. He was an honorable mention. Uh, I think, I think last year they might've done a third team offense because I remember saying he was like a third team guy, but now I think they just did two teams this year. But anyways, mm-hmm. he's an honorable mention along with uh, Stephen Blaylock, defensive back, John Gaines, uh, offensive line was also an honorable mention. Um, all those guys were the same recruiting class as Dorian, but um, I think it's just interesting. One, if I'm Dorian, I'd be upset, but at the same time, I'm sure he doesn't care about any of this preseason stuff. Let, um, it, let it fuel him. But I, I think he very easily should have been um and i think i voted for him second Who, who's second team they probably got caleb, so, caleb. no i think they made mm, I, I have to look it was caleb williams or cam rising they're first and second and, oh, and that's okay. that's the thing with quarterbacks is like there's only going to be one spot right and 
And but the thing is, is uh, to me, it's almost kind of disrespectful to Dorian in a way. But it's like, like when you think about it, like you can't knock Cam Rising for what he's done. And a lot of people consider him just the best quarterback in the conference. But then also he led Utah to the the Pac-12 championship and all that. And but then for me, it's like with Caleb Williams. Again, that's why I'm, you know, I have no problem saying this is all based off projection, right? Yeah. And that, that's the same thing with with all things UCLA or USC. And I'm not here to knock USC because this is a UCLA podcast, but it's just like, sure, uh, Caleb Williams is going to know Lincoln Riley and what he wants. They're going to have some familiar guys. I believe one of the top receivers, I think is Mario Williams, um, is from Oklahoma as well, transferred in from Oklahoma. And then obviously they got Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff award winner for best receiver last year. So are they going to be solid? Yeah. But at the same time, they got a whole bunch of other new guys and pieces and things that they got to learn. So is it fair to sit there and really say, oh, yeah, USC is going to win this thing? Actually, they they weren't voted to win the whole conference, but there there's a lot of hype behind it. Now, that's not saying it may not be the case or come true or, or – uh, Caleb Williams may not be in the mix for the Heisman. I'm, you know, I'm wouldn't be surprised if any of that happened, but it's just kind of like for Dorian, I think that, and again, that's a little insight on how the media voting goes for me. It's like, I'm voting for Dorian just because I know what Dorian has done in this conference. So I don't think I went and made Dorian one. I think I made him second team in on my ballot. And I think I had cam rising one. If I remember, I'll have to read it again because I, I can't remember for sure. But um yeah, it, it, it's it's just kind of like for me, I know what Dorian has done in this conference and this is his fifth year in the conference. Right. Um, so I'm kind of expecting some big things for Dorian. But um, yeah, just do you have anything else on that or, or we'll transition into Blaylock and Gaines here for media day? Yeah, I think he should use it as fuel. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, I think he's locked as in if he needs any more fuel. Him. Right. <laughs> I think I think this is perfect. Perfect for his brand anyways. Mm-hmm. I'll be a fan later. So mm-hmm. um he can use it later because, I mean, you see when he gets doubted, USC game, you know. Oh, yeah. Things things like that. One thing, though, I think Go one ahead. of the biggest misses on, on any of this list, how is Kaz Allen not mentioned? It's a good point. If not first or second team for returner or athlete, how is he not even in the loop? And you so here's another here's another thing that I found interesting, because the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look for the UCLA guys. Right. Just to kind of see. And for me, it gives me a good idea, because one thing I noticed is a lot of these are nominated by the athletic department. So there were some categories where guys were like, I think for some of the special team stuff, UCLA guys weren't even mentioned, which means they probably weren't nominated or they don't know. And for me, maybe that just means they don't want to tip their hand on who the returner might be or whatever the case may be. Um, but. Kaz Allen would have been someone I vote I I would have tr- I would have tried to get in there right but like he wasn't on there for me to even vote for so there's some of that wow. and, and and again there's some of that that you know if you're a fan and you see this the these results come out for preseason team they don't know that like they don't know who's on it and who's not so yeah I I mean I didn't know that yeah but I mean that, yeah now yeah, hearing yeah. now hearing mm-hmm. that then mm-hmm. we really don't care about these lists because, because they exactly right yeah. exactly and right. I know Chip's probably like mm-hmm. don't even worry about this yeah we're not we're not chasing preseason awards mm-hmm. we're chasing championships we're chasing right. Pac-12 championship and we're chasing playoffs like if mm-hmm. your name gets mentioned at the end of all this good yeah. for you and but that's like, what you want it's, right. it's yeah it's us so mm-hmm. it's like let us win these games yeah and the result of that will be 
you running an award. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, no, that, that's, that's a good point. And that's, yeah. And that's why I brought it up because I'm like, heck, I was looking for guys just to even, you know, because some of it's like, I mean, to me that like the kick returners or, or like the guys to pick from was like, like none of these guys were even really the main kick. They're not even the returning kick, uh, kick returner. So I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, where's yeah. Kaz Allen at? Because I know what Kaz can do, you know? So I'm like looking for Kaz and he's not on there for me to even vote for. So that's why some of it, I don't remember some of it, like didn't even some of the categories or positions didn't even involve UCLA guys. So I'm just kind of like trying to vote between an Arizona guy, a Colorado guy. And like, like some of them didn't even have USC guys on it either. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, but you try to do justice in the voting and, and, you know, you still want to try and recognize guys, um, who are eligible for, or are there for those positions. Um, real quick, just while we're on the topic of Dorian and Charbonnet's mentioned in one of these, um, both Dorian and Charbonnet were named on the Maxwell award watch list, which goes to like best college player, which is pretty much like the Heisman, but it's not the Heisman, um, and the Heisman, cause it's a, it's a, its own thing. And they don't even put out like the official watch list for that to like week four or five or six or something. Um, Dorian was also mentioned for the Davey O'Brien uh, award watch list, which goes to the nation's best quarterback. So uh, Dorian's definitely getting um, on some of these watch lists and he's definitely being recognized. Obviously some of these lists are uh, watch lists are pretty just like, they kind of have everybody on there. So it's kind of like, what are we really doing some of these watch lists for, but they're on there. Charbonnet was also mentioned. Uh, I'll just read off all the awards real quick. Um, Charbonnet was mentioned for, uh, he's on the watch list for the Doak Walker Award, which goes to the nation's best college running back. Um, Chase Griffin, he was on he's on two different watch lists. He was the nominee for the All-State AFCA Good Works team for uh, community service, academic dedication, and impact on and off the field. It sounds like something Chase may win. <laughs> uh, Jake Bobo was recognized on the Bolitnikoff Award watch list uh, for best outstanding receiver. Um, I have a vote in that as well, so I'll be keeping an eye on those receivers, including Jake Bobo uh, this season. Michael Azike uh, from Colony High School out here in the IE. He's uh, on the John Mackey Award watch list, um, which I kind of wasn't shocking, but it's kind of kind of interesting because now I'm like, does that mean is Michael Azike, did he – did he up. Is he next up? Because who? Michael, that's what that means. But Mike Martinez is there too. And I'm like, part of me was like, well, because I'm trying to remember, like, if Mike, if Azike got hurt or what, but one of those guys going to be next up. I just think it's interesting. I I feel like maybe, maybe it's a little bit more wide open. Like, I don't know. Like, here's the thing for me. Like, I don't know what went into these watch lists. Does, uh, does Chip Kelly nominate someone? Do they nominate someone for this or like, or, you know, are they just grabbing someone from every school? Like, I don't know. So that's, that's just something interesting, but not doubting that. Uh, I think Michael ZK is more than deserving to be on it. And just knowing what we know about the tight end position at UCLA, someone's going to have a good year uh, at that. And at they, the tight end all, position. yeah. And it could be anybody two, more than two, maybe more than three guys will be mm-hmm. used at that position. So, yep. yeah. So that, that's, that's something. And here's, so here's a, another one I found. A little interesting with one of the names, obviously, Darius, we mentioned earlier, is on the Buckus Award watch list, which recognizes the best college linebacker. Um, but also Carl Jones is also mentioned on this list. And I it was a little bit of a surprise for me, but I wouldn't be surprised. Carl's been there for, for quite some time. And I think um, this would be a good year for him to uh, maybe step up and, 
and make a name for himself in that regard. Obviously, um, there's always been a ton of different linebackers that, you know, that can kind of fill that role. I guess maybe I think the reason why I was surprised is because maybe Bo Calvert's not on this list. I don't know why. I mean, we'll see. Again, these are all like preseason award watch lists, right? So anything uh, can happen. Uh, just real quick, um, Chase Griffin also mentioned for the Woodorful trophy i don't even know how to say that trophy watch this which goes to uh community or to college football's top community servant again something i think chase will will be in the mix for um and then also kaz allen was was named to the watch list for the horn doug or hornug award watch list recognizing the most uh ver- um, versatile player in major college football so so Kaz is on there. Kaz is going to, uh, you know, he's, he's getting some recognition there. And then Jake Land, is it Jake Landier? Landier? Landier. Uh, Landier uh, is on the Manly Award watch list uh, to recognize the best college long snappers. So so we got a few guys on some watch lists there. And um, yeah, just wanted to mention, recognize all those guys. Um, but let's talk about John Gaines. And uh, Blaylock out at Media Day, you, you gave me some nice um, him uh, helpful information. I didn't get to ask Blaylock about the anime stuff, but I did ask John Gaines about the cooking, and 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 he said, yeah, he, he can get down in the cooking in, in the kitchen. Um, and and him and Otito did some work, but he's also feeling a little bit of pressure, Josh, because now that Otito is not there and you don't have boss there or anybody like that. He's going to have to take over the Thanksgiving. Uh... Uh, oh yeah. He got to hold it down by himself. He might yeah. got to recruit a few helping hands. That's what he, that's what he said. Cause I mentioned, I said, is there any pressure on, on the Thanksgiving meal? You're in charge of that. Right. And he said, yeah, I'm going to be in charge of it. And he said, he's going to, he's going to spend some time uh, coming up here, kind of recruiting and getting and picking some brains and seeing who can cook on the team and kind of rally some folks for that, um for that Thanksgiving dinner. So, so that, that was fun talking to him. That put a smile on his face. Um, I'm just trying to think of some things that stood out for me about media day. Obviously conference realignment was a big thing. Um, uh, George Klyakov, the commissioner for the PAC 12 uh, was asked some questions and uh, you know, obviously was not thrilled with, with the way things played out. And this was his first time speaking publicly about it. Um, But at the Mm -hmm. end of the, well, one, he was asked, is there a chance that USC and UCLA could come back or would they be invited back if, if for whatever reason, things didn't work out. And he said, yes, we'd be more than happy to welcome them back. So obviously that's a good sign for what it is. But he also said, you know, we're going to continue to work together with USC and UCLA over the next two years and um, and do what's best for the kids or for the athletes. He, you know, so obviously it sounds like there's still going to be some tension there when it comes to um, looking out for the best interest of, of UCLA, looking out in the best interest for them and the Pacto of looking out in the best interest of the conference, but at the end of the day, it was nice to hear that there's still going to be some level of respect and um, they're not going to let any sort of tension get in the way of what's best for the athletes at the end of the day. And I thought that was um, a good sign. Um, But yeah, when, when you hear about something like that, is it good to know like the athletes are at least going to be taken care of and aren't getting the short end of the stick if you're a UCLA or USC athlete? I think that's how it should always be. Mm -hmm. I mean, business is business. And them athletes had nothing to do with the decisions that were made at the end of the yeah. day. And aren't gonna aren't gonna be a part of it, right? Like John Gaines, DTR. Oh yeah, a few it, of the guys are yeah, are they're not, not gonna, gonna be have... in the Big 12 at all, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also there was talks of, of recruiting, how it may impact having USC and UCLA leave. No one really said it's really impacted any of that, even for Oregon, Colorado, like no one's really been impacted or hurt by any of the that kind of stuff. 
so that was kind of interesting. Obviously, some people think, what is the future going to be like for Pac-12 as a conference? Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, one other thing that stood out to me off the top of my head is, is um, what John Gaines said about the offensive line. I asked him about the, you know, obviously losing um, someone like Justin Fry, him going to Ohio State, and, and is that a big loss? Mm-hmm. Having to work in a new coach, uh, like Gervino, Coach Gervino, who was an offensive analyst, but comes in as that new offensive line coach. And uh, he said, you know, obviously nothing against Fry, and he still loves Fry, obviously. So, the, and there's there's no bad blood there. But I, yeah, I think the point he was making and he made clear was we're happy with Trevino being here. And Trevino is a guy who coached um, an offensive line in the Super Bowl and has experience as coached at the NFL level. So. You know, there there's not any drop off. There's not he was again, he was there with UCLA last year. So there's no big adjustment there. Obviously, a lot of people, um, at least that I follow on Twitter, uh, some UCLA fans are very concerned about the offensive line and the recruiting that's being done there. And there's not enough of it going on there. So I had to let some of them know that, hey, you know, the current UCLA offensive line guys are are happy with who they have. And, and maybe that should mean something for the guys they try to recruit. Maybe they'll, you know. Guys will like to like what they hear on that resume for Javino, uh, having coached the offensive line in a Super Bowl before, and uh, having that experience, and and you know maybe things will work out. So don't stress out. But um, yeah. So so those were just some things that stood out. It was a little it was a little tricky this year just because they had everyone in the same room and it was kind of hard to record stuff because I wanted to record stuff to have here on the podcast, but made yeah. it a little made it a little difficult. But um. Yeah, as, as we kind of wind down here, Josh, and we get ready for the final days again, as we mentioned, um, what are some things that fans should have in mind um, or just have the perspective of as we as the athletes get ready for camp? Like, is there anything as an athlete you wish you could have told fans as you're kind of going through camp mode here? Yeah, we're, I mean, as the athlete, you're just trying to lock in. So, like, mm-hmm. we're not worried about the noise. So, if, you know guys aren't responding or giving out the content or, you know, doing mm-hmm. all these things that fans love. I know they're, I know fans are excited for the season to start. <laughs> Understand that the boys are, are mm-hmm. locking it in for this long mm-hmm. season ahead. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing I'd say. It's like, yeah. Yeah, chill for out, sure. Chill out on the, on the boys <laughs> for a little bit. Right. Because you, they're going to be tagging them and stuff and saying, how are things going or what's going on or yada, yada, yada. Fans like to try and be involved with their team. And, and, and I get it. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that about wraps it up for us. Um, camp will probably be underway, I think, maybe by the next time we talk. So so we'll figure that out and get a sense of of what the pulse of UCLA football is like for the first day or two. But um, until then, I know you have a season to kind of focus on and get ready for. So we'll let you get back to that. And um, as always, we'll, we'll have everything you guys need regarding UCLA football here on the Believe in UCLA Football podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.